Uh, hi, this is Lewis Black, and you're listening to The Green Room with Sean Green. That's why it's called Green Room, you idiots. Because it's fun. It's fun to do bad things. 24-7 Comedy Radio. I to do horror stuff with my friend. Step out of that shit like a homeless man trying to change his life. We do it so fresh, and we do what the fuck we want to do. Yo, me and E, we get dumped with Sarnet up in Star Trek. Live from Silver Lake, California, the host of The Green Room, Sean Green! All right, everyone. Welcome to the green room. We're doing it live here on SeanTGreen.com. Brought to you by the good folks over at Amazon. You log on SeanTGreen.com, hit the Amazon link, you support the green room, and presented by our good folks over at 24-7 Comedy, home of a 24-7 streaming stand-up comedy. Of course, you can get the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you check out their channel and AM FM stations all across this great land. I'd like to welcome on my left-hand man, Mr. Logan Lysico. Logan, what's going on, man? Howdy, partner. Howdy, partner, indeed. All right. And we have a, uh, we got a couple guests, one via phone, which we're going to get to in a second, but I'd like to welcome our in-studio guest, the man who's going to answer the infamous question, where's Brooklyn at? Mr. Rob Christensen. Rob, yeah. what's going on, man? What's up, man? Thanks for having me. No problem. What's, uh, what's new with you, man? Just living the dream. Yeah? What were you up to tonight? I did uh, I did Jeff Tepper's show in Koreatown, Cookie Pie. Okay, how was that? It wasn't horrible. I All right. went in thinking it was going to be bad. <laughs> I got some laughs where the laughs were supposed to be. Got off stage feeling kind of happy. Now, I I kind of asked that. Um, n- now, I didn't talk about – I forgot to mention this in uh, in a previous set. But um, I did uh, Jeff's uh, show there a couple weeks ago, and it was – I would. Uh, it's up there for one of the worst shows I've ever had in my life, <laughs> and that, that's you know that's that's saying a lot for how many uh, awful shows I've had. I it's the first time I was literally booed off stage. I was literally booed off stage. Oh man! Wow. I was. What kind of crowd was this? Well, um, let's see. Uh, what's the best way to describe it? Okay, African American. It was. Um, so it was this place is like a it's a giant it's a giant room with really high ceilings not you know it, it sounds like an excuse but it is there's a noise thing that goes on and then you go up I went up first the crowd was pretty cold Jeff didn't really do any jokes to start it off that's fine whatever I was up there doing my thing kind of doing my stand up and there's this huge party of uh, black people in the back. I think it was someone's birthday party. And in their defense, they they obviously had no idea a comedy show was about to go on. They're just trying to go out for this guy's birthday. So they're, you know, they're kind of being loud, being talkative. You try to engage them, but then also like I've kind of moved past the point where if the people don't realize there's a comedy show about to happen or that a comedy show is going to go down, I've given up on just trying to like yell at them and like listen to me and get real aggro with it. So I'm just like fine, you know, playing it cool, just doing my jokes. And I, I was telling some, I was telling some jokes. I think I was even doing some of my uh, Jerry Sandusky material about how you know I got busted at Penn State, and meanwhile Jerry Sandusky got away in the same time period, whatever, blah blah blah. And like it was outrageous. Can you believe the police arrested me for that? 
that's basically the premise of the bit and didn't get a lot of reaction. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I'm complaining to you guys about the police. I don't need to do that. And they were just not having it. They were just like, boo, boo. I was like, oh, I, I, I thought you guys didn't have a great relationship with the police. Are you always <laughs> complaining about the police and the way they treat you? <laughs> Boo, hiss. What do you say about the police? Like they were just not having oh, it. And man. I go, no. Oh, I go, okay, I'm wrong. Black people and the city of Los Angeles and their police department have had a rich history of getting along together in harmony. Boom. And I just said, that's it. I don't need this. And I walked off stage. <laughs> I love that, that, that. I don't need this in my life. <laughs> I'm, appar- apparently I do because the, that's the majority of my life is – Long story short, I, I I guess I do need this. I need to be straightened out. And you can tell they were kind of liking me. And it wasn't it was not like I, I was honestly surprised. And the other people in the crowd were, were surprised. It was like it was not meant it was the the intention was like hey. It's racial, but it wasn't racist. Well that's the problem, Logan, is that if you comment on we'll get into this later, but if you comment on gender or on race at all, or if you have any thoughts on it, it's immediately considered negative. It, 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 my thing was like, basically it was kind of just pandering to the crowd and being like, oh, well, a guy like me complaining, a, a white male complaining about the way the police treat me pales into comparison what black people have had to go through with the police in this country. Like, I, I'm conceding the point of like, oh, hey, I'm an asshole for complaining about it. Like, that's where I was going. I think they took it as like, oh, black people always have problems with the police. But, right. but that was not my intention. Like, and you think we commit crimes just because we're black? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. From the beginning, I have the same thing with a joke where I talk about my niece wanting to play with a baby carriage with a baby in it, and the punchline is basically like, uh, "Why don't you use your imagination? Because you're an eight-year-old Puerto Rican, and in five <laughs> years, the, the baby carriage might actually be your life." And, and a lot of people will hate me automatically, but where that comes from is what one, she's Puerto Rican. She right. lives in a Puerto Rican neighborhood. Or everyone she knows is having babies at 15. And I'm watching this and she's my niece and I'm worried about this happening to her. I want her to go to college and fucking be, have a career and, uh, <laughs> doing something. And, and, and having a baby at 15 will ruin that. So that's where the joke comes from. But they think I just hate Puerto Ricans even though I'm related to them. <laughs> right. It's, it's one of those things and it's, it's tough because especially if you have jokes that touch on su- touchy subjects or not even, like, it wasn't even a touchy subject, but just if, the thing is, like, you gotta realize as a performer, sometimes people are just in no mood to, like, listen to the story. They just hear certain things. Uh, you, you mentioned something about, like, uh, a mentally challenged person. Oh, uh, immediately outraged without even giving any sort of context or, like, people just wait to hear certain buzzwords. And if they hear, hear those buzzwords, they've been trained, yeah. like, oh my God, he can't talk about race. He can't talk about, uh, different genders. He can't talk about people of lower intelligence. He can't say, uh, certain race is better at basketball. It's, it's insane. And then they just immediately, you're, you're a horrible piece of shit. Instead, you're just, at the end of the day, you're trying to just make these people happy. Like, I'm up here shucking and jiving and just trying to, <laughs> See how that was kind of offensive, but <laughs> you can boo my podcast off the air. But the the, the idea is that you're trying to make them happy, and still, still no love. All right, guys. Well, we heard um, Wax's music to start off the show. He's been kind enough over the years to let me use the uh, to come on the show. He's a signed to Def Jam, huge guy on the rise, and he recently. He shot a music video with his nephew, his, uh, his, actually it's his twin brother's, uh, son. And it was really cool. They cut it together. They basically had the kid playing on little instruments and they cut it together and synced it up 
to kind of make it a rap song and then he kind of dubbed in some lyrics but then the video consists of him kind of, the video is pretty cool but i think it's worth playing a little bit of the song and then i'm going to get into uh i called him up on the phone and talked to him about the video it's been super successful it's on a uh, good morning america front page of yahoo uh, kids blowing up left and right but uh, i thought it'd be interesting to play and then uh get wax's take on the whole sensation you get the idea it's a it's a catchy little thing it's definitely worth checking out the video so here i was able to uh call wax up he was actually skateboarding to a show so he's on the phone <laughs> non-stop being cool all the time. yeah halfway th- halfway through the interview he's like oh i just almost hit someone i'm like what's going on i thought he was behind the wheel he's like oh no i'm just i'm skateboarding over to this uh he, he was skateboarding over to another one of his shows almost pegged this pedestrian he's like yeah i just slalom her out of the way so that's why the audio quality is not great because he's doing it on a cell phone while skateboarding so uh here is me and wax talking about his latest hit video milk in my sippy cup i'd like to bring on hardcore rapper and children's entertainer <laughs> wax wax What's we just up, listened dog? we just listened to your latest single uh sipping on my or milk in my sippy cup what was the inspiration for this song was it first of all? Was it hard for you to play with all the expletives? I know it took a long, long time for you to beep it out and everything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, the inspiration was uh, no, I just you know my uh, me and my brother did this song a while back called Low Budget, and it was like a video where we beat beat a bunch of stuff in our house and made a beat and whatnot. So my brother's got a kid now. He's got all these children's toys laying around. So. They all, they all make little noises, and some of them are like little pianos and tambourines and stuff. So we decided to do the same thing, but, you know, with using all his stuff. And then once we got there, we were like, you know what, dude, let's, let's use his adorable face and just make it, like, more, as you know, as kid-like as possible, you know? And yeah. it, was real, it, was, it was real fun. It was, it, was a, it was a fun project. No, it looked, uh, it came out, it came out really nice. It kind of reminded, now I know a while back you did a, uh, you entered a contest for Heinz 57. Was that right? Or uh, no, but it was it was actually A1 steak sauce. A1 that's steak sauce. A very a very easy mistake that you just made. <laughs> A1 steak sauce, and you cut together. It kind of reminded me a similar way. You cut together little snippets of you getting ready to grill, and then kind of cut those together to to form a beat. It was pretty cool. Yeah, that's kind of yeah that that, that video you're talking about, the A1 steak sauce video. Like I've just, it's kind of become sort of like my thing, making videos like that. So this one, this one, I guess, is no different. It, Except this one kind of had a viral quality to it, really, just because it's got a cute little kid in it, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, that was, when I watched that, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be huge. And, you know, wouldn't you know it, the next day it's on the front page of Yahoo, it's on Good Morning America. Are, first off, are you are you concerned that people are like, oh, who's this wax guy? He makes uh, kid rap videos, and they go on your page and then, you know, check out, like, the Scrub Life mixtape, and uh, it's not quite the same content. Uh, no, not really. I mean, honestly, like, honestly, with the video, like, the with, like, the Sippy Cup video, it's a very, I think it's, I mean, there's definitely been some. I've definitely gained some new, some new actual fans from it because, you know, 
people with two-year-old kids, you know, they grew they grew up listening to Biggie and NWA and whatnot, so they're used to it. But you know, I, 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 most people that see that video don't even really think about like, you know, who who made that? I want to become a fan. <laughs> yeah. They they just use two minutes of their life to watch the video, and that's two minutes of their life. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, basically you're you're responsible for uh, another dip in the workplace economy just because people are going to be sitting around passing this video along going, hey, this is a good reason not to work for two and a half minutes. Exactly. <laughs> That's funny shit. <laughs> now, are you worried? Are you worried about? Oh, I mean, there's a lot of uh, you know, there's a lot of troubles out there for a child entertainer. Are you worried that your nephew, maybe you're setting him on the path to uh, to a uh, career he might not want to be involved in? You know, we, we, me and my brother talked about that because, uh, you know, that's my brother's kid. But obviously, he just said it was my, but, uh, anyway, it's kind of the perfect age for something like this to have happened to him because he's still young enough to not really know what's going on. Like, once you reach that age, like, you know, whatever age Drew Barrymore was in E.T., you know, or like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. even worse, Macaulay Culkin at Home Alone, you know, like, he's too young to let any success get to his head because he's still, like, learning, like, what circles are. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. He doesn't know. He doesn't. Like he's our, just figuring, he's just figuring yeah. out actual circles, let alone social circles that are willing to accept him <laughs> for whatever he does. Well played. Uh, well, here's here's my thing, and this is this probably shows that I'm I'm not a great person, but immediately I'm like, man, this three year old I don't know how old he is, but I'm like, this three year old kid has achieved more in show business <laughs> by just doing nothing essentially, or you know, hanging out being a kid than I have in my nine years of doing comedy. Hey, I can't argue with that with you there, so <laughs> No, I'm just kidding, man. I'm just kidding. No, well, I mean, this, well, the thing anyway. is, this, honestly though, dude, man, like the uh you know, these things these things these days are so short lived, you know what I'm saying? Like like a, a video like that, it's like, you know we're I mean once we did first of all, we didn't think it was gonna do what what it did. We didn't know it was gonna be on the news and such, but once it was, you know, our goal was to try to get it on Ellen. Because I know that's where like, you know, a lot of a lot of the moms and whatnot watch it. My brother happened like it happened. It happens that my brother is actually starting a company where him and his wife and my my friend that does animation they're gonna they're gonna try they're gonna start making uh children's music videos and hopefully probably will transition into a TV show. So it would have been some really good like accidental coincidence coincidental promotion if we could get on something like Ellen, you know. But I think it's, I think it's, you know it already might be too late because of how fast these things these things you know die out yeah it is it is it's a weird window it's already like yeah because you you're basically having something viral it's like maybe one or two days and then people have seen it and yeah what do you kind of do from there you know now in the uh in the non yeah exactly uh, i mean all you can do is make another one yeah hang you you just got to explain to the kid yo we need another hit man come on the record, record i know i know he's in the studio right now you know i got him he's in there and it's just a, you know, I think that he's just a one-hit wonder, man. He can replace, he can't recreate the magic. He's having that second album flump, you know what I mean? He's just, <laughs> he's just gonna be another, uh, he's gonna be another, uh, Rick Astley or, or I don't even know if he was a one-hit wonder, was he? But. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> now, speaking of, speaking of studio, what have, um, now you've released the, uh, couple mixtapes. They've been, uh, very successful, very popular. I know I've been playing them at the pool parties, turning on a couple people. <laughs> You know, not not in the uh, it's a it's a small viral campaign. Me and a couple other uh, you know shithead friends that are hanging out at the pool. So I'm I'm doing my part to get the word out there. What are you doing? Are you working on a studio album? Do you have something you're in the works? Yeah, I do. I have uh, I have something in the works. I have I've been pretty much in 
in various studios for the past like year or so, trying to come up with stuff and you know, some of it's been good, some of it's not been, but the stuff that's not good, I'm not going to release, and I'm trying to be a little bit picky. I'm putting it, because, you know, I put out two mixtapes, and I guess it's, I don't even really fucking know what's a mixtape and what's an album anymore, but I guess my album has to be much better than the mixtapes if I'm going to call it an album. I don't even <laughs> really know what that stuff means anymore, but, you know, I'm well, just yeah, work, and I think, I think I should have it out by fall, something like that. So sometime in the fall, look for the uh, look for the album coming out? Yeah, probably probably September. I'm 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 70% done. I'd say 70%. Just got to do a couple, oh, okay. do like three three or four more good songs, and I'm and I'm good. Now, did you have a? Is there a concept going into this album? Uh, yeah, I think so. It's going to depend on what the what the end what songs I end up putting on it. But I might do it like I might do I might play it like a play the album like a chronological day in the life. You know what I mean? Like. Like to start from a, you know, like uh, they not one day in the life, but like talking about partying, then it's talking about getting hung over, then it's talking about meeting a girl, then it's talking about breaking up with a girl. You know what I mean? So I might just do like a chronological tale throughout the album, but I'm not sure. But I can say that most of the album is going to be very like all the because you know I, I do a lot of different stuff. I play guitar and sing and rap and stuff like that. Rather than being like it's, I'm gonna like all the songs are kind of combining all that stuff. Like every song has all those elements. You know what I mean? So rather than being all over the place. Well, uh, you know, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it, and that's what's always been uh, interesting about your style. You you have the you have the funny videos, you have the videos where you're playing instruments, the guitar, and then you have your traditional rap. So I think if anything, this has kind of been cool because you've had stuff. You've had your you had that uh, Facebook song that was uh, super popular. People can look that up. Where it's kind of like you know a fun poppy parody. You've had your harder rap songs and you've had some instrumental stuff. So I think I think you're really casting a wide net, and uh, I'm really looking forward to the album. Do you have any uh, road dates coming up? Are you planning on touring? Or are you or are you sticking around LA till you get this, the album out? Uh, no, it's all good. So skateboarding down the sidewalk right now. But, um, no, I'm... <laughs> I was doing the interview on skateboarding. Somebody, yeah, no, I, I live down by Melrose now. I live in my new place. I live kind of like like near the mines in the brand. I'm on, on my way to the show. So I decided to go be a skateboard and I just almost hit some girl on Melrose walking out of American Apparel. I had to do a little slalom move. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just, like I said, I can do a lot of things. So. But uh, what was the question again? <laughs> Um, oh, no, dates! I, I, I got a date. Uh, I got a, I got dates coming up. Yeah, I'm doing a show. Actually, I, I haven't even announced it yet, but I'm doing a show on uh, July 28th at the Hotel Cafe, which is going to be like an MTV Unplugged style show. Where I'm going to like, a, like almost like it's a, a show, but it's also like a shoot. You know what I mean? So I can put oh, that yeah, out yeah. and then I'll play a bunch of new songs. And I'll, I'm also doing this show with uh, me and my boy Dumbfounded are doing a show at the Bike Room. On August 28th, which is actually the after an after party for the Sunset Music, the Sunset Strip Music Festival, that should be pretty cool. And then I'm doing uh, I'm doing Wild Blues in Chicago on August 3rd too. Wow, well, awesome, cool. man! And uh, well, congrats on the video. I you're, I'm think I'm losing you a little bit on the connection, but uh, congrats on all the success, man. Looking forward to the studio album, and uh, thanks for calling in, man. Good luck with the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Sean. I hope to uh, I hope to I know I'm sorry, Miss. The comedy garage last weekend, man. I keep fucking missing it. You always do it on the dates where I can't make it, man. Yeah, well, you're a busy guy, man. But uh, yeah, maybe you can come hang out, do a little stand-up set, or uh, you know, throw a couple acoustic uh, songs out there. We'd love to have you. All right, tell Logan I said eat a dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I'll pass All right. that along.
All right, so we're back. Oh, fuck wax. <laughs> <laughs> really stuck into you, Logan. But it's it's cool. It's a celebrity friend just uh, yeah. busting chaps. Oh, he, I think he's I'm making him nervous with my haikus. He knows I'm one step away from... Right. You're nipping at his heels. <laughs> You're uh, kind of getting in his head there with your uh, amazing poetry. All right, let's see. Wow, we got a... Uh... <laughs> yep. All right, amazing poetry. It is amazing. Rob, we got a lot of stuff to get to, but it's always uh, it's always interesting picking your brain. Now, we, I feel like every time we're on the show, you at least... There's at least one thing that's gotten you really fired up. There's always an incident. <laughs> Whether it's a pedestrian, it's a run-in with so-and-so, a horse cop, or it, it just feels like there's generally an incident we have to address. How how you been doing anger wise lately? Honestly, the, I don't I don't have an I don't actually have an incident to address right now. And the reason being is because uh, I went to the doctor about something that I thought was physically wrong with me, and it turns out that I'm having stress related sickness. <laughs> Right, like, uh, yeah, and uh, like I'm getting headaches and fucking grinding my teeth, and it's all stress related because I work too much, I don't sleep enough, and I get too angry at things. So I kind of like uh, your, your hands are were shaking there a little bit. It was, yeah. it was freaking me yeah. out. Uh, so now I kind of am taking things at a, at a slower pace, and I'm slowing down, and I'm not getting angry. I'm, I'm driving slower. I got in a slow lane. I'm letting people pass me. I'm letting people in. Stopping at the crosswalk, letting pedestrians cross. You know what I'm saying? I love how stopping at a crosswalk is like, is Rob turning over a new leaf. I'm not mowing down pedestrians. I'm really, I'm a changed man. Yeah, I'm not letting like homeless people affect me anymore. I might even throw them a quarter. You know what I'm saying? I might throw a little change their way. Uh, and, uh, it's, and at work, it's just, uh, I'm just, I'm eating, I'm eating it and I'm taking it and I'm letting it out in the gym. And All right, wailing on your delts. Yeah, just wailing on them delts. Working out a lot. Yeah. And what it, what would used to uh, trigger you? Like, what would be a thing that would really get you fired up? Like everyone, the Adam Carolla thing would have made me really angry. Sure, because I listen to everyone bitch and moan about it. But now I don't care. It's like you know what? He should he should uh, he should have clarified that he was kidding. <laughs> and his and his joke set. All right. Well, in, let's. In, in between all the jokes he was making, he should have said, "Oh, I'm just kidding." Let's let's get into that. You're talking about Adam Carolla's statement. He's getting a lot of lot of press for some comments he made in a recent interview. One of which was it basically alluded to the fact that women aren't funny. Now we can we can get, break that all down, but I, I think it's I think we should give him context and at least play the clip where he originally said. Okay, so he he's telling a story about he did a pilot for NBC. The woman who was in charge of the sexual harassment seminar came out and was telling the story. Back in 1999, there was a female writer's assistant on the show Friends. And she ended up suing the TV show Friends. It sounded like she was upset because she didn't get hired on as a writer, which was a huge thing back then because you get hired on as a writer on Friends, you're going to make a shitload of money, especially in 1999. She didn't get... She didn't get an opportunity to work as a writer or whatever it was. She was angry at the friend's writing staff. She ended up suing, and she ended up suing for sexual harassment. And her claim for the case was that she was being sexually harassed because they were using coarse language during the writer's room. So the guys were sitting around spitballing ideas and would just make really awful, awful jokes just because they're, they're trying to pick each other's brains and just say like horrific sexual things or they're just being comedians, getting together, hanging out in a room, trying to flesh out a sitcom script. She sued for millions and millions of dollars. It eventually got dropped, but they still use that. These people who teach these sexual harassment seminars as uh, okay, a watershed case. You got to be worried about this and that. 
So this is him on his podcast reacting to having that woman explain that case. I'm having way worse thoughts than whatever he's about to say. Right. (laughs) That woman just sounds like an asshole. All right. Uh, she still filed a sexual harassment story, yep. even though it was the context of work. It was the context of work. And uh, she said, so what's that tell you? And I said, don't hire chicks. <laughs> Do you actually see now that's funny, right? <laughs> Saying don't hire chicks is funny. Yeah. And people I, I freaked out because there was this guy, uh, Adam Ferrucci or something. See, I, I think I have the same disease Rob has. And uh, I was I was really fired up because. Hey, Adam Carolla strikes me as a pretty solid dude. He's done the podcast. I'm loyal to people that have done the podcast, so I stick up for podcast guests. Jay Wow, I don't let people bash her. <laughs> no way. Craig Fitzsimmons, not a lot of people know who he is, so they're not bashing him as hard. But I, I, I was definitely on Adam Carolla's side. And another thing he said was that basically he went on after that in the the I'm not explaining this great, but in the uh, press interview, they basically took that clip or took that quote and said oh so you don't think chicks are funny he's like no i don't you know i don't i don't think chicks are funny he's like yeah there's the exception there's your sarah silverman's your um tina fey's and he listed off a few other comedians but he's like on average they're not funny and then he listed the chicks on the view joy behar Whoopi goldberg he's like roseanne barr the only reason she's funny is that because she's a chick and people got really, really upset about it to the point that it was just like th- there was outcry on Twitter. There was a lot of outcry on Twitter. Adam Carolla had a great response. He's like, my name is trending right over Jerry Sandusky. He's like, thank you. You people are heroes. <laughs> <laughs> and they were just people. Are, oh, well, I don't think he was joking. I think that's how he really feels. And I wrote a blog going off on it that if he really felt that way, Adam Carolla, why would he hire two separate women? In 2006, when he started his radio show where he picked the staff, he had a woman news girl come on. And then in 2009, when he started his podcast, he had a woman on. So, yeah, obviously he thinks women are funny. And he even had a correlation there or an analogy in the interview where he goes, all right, you're picking a pickup basketball game and you see a bunch of people. You see a black guy and you see a guy with a yarmulke on. You're going to take the black guy. And he was just saying, percentage-wise, guys are more funny than chicks. Now, here's the thing. You could say, you could break it down and go, oh, inherently, guys are more funny. I think that's a tough debate to prove, obviously, because comedy is so subjective. But just by the numbers, when you go out to a comedy show, percentage-wise, how many of the comedians are guys? Open mic, whatever show. Especially open mic, because open mic... No one's booking it. All it is is up to people to just show up. There's no one filtering it. People are deciding to show up. What's the percentage, you think, of comedians that are male? I mean, we know it's yeah. like 90%. Yeah, 85 90%. So even if you took that same percentage and applied it to people who are funny comedians, like okay, like out of 100 people, 85% of them are going to be guys. And out of 100 people, maybe only 10 percent of those people are funny so yeah the majority of people are gonna be funny comedians are gonna be male because the majority of comedians are male like it's the same formula am i wrong just to give adam carolla more context too he says something racist like every episode of his podcast right he doesn't have real hate in his heart but he's he's just kind of well he even he even said it he even said it he goes nice doesn't play well in comedy or on stage. Like if someone asks you, hey, how's your mother-in-law? 
oh, she's awesome. She's a great person. I love being around her. That's not really that funny. <laughs> right. It's the same way that you can say white people suck at basketball. Are, is there is Steve Nash? Or name really? a movie White Men Can't Jump. Right, exactly. Great film. And then the the soundtrack to that movie <laughs> is White Men Can't Rap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the name of the soundtrack. Okay, is there Steve Nash? Yes. Is there Mike Miller who had an amazing run shooting three pointers for yeah. the Miami Heat? Yes. Is there but, Eminem? Is there Wax? Yes. yes. But for the most part, the majority <laughs> of the players in the NBA are African American. Okay, the majority of people who are in comedy and therefore the majority of the people that are good at comedy are guys why is that why is that offensive it's I, I a numbers thing yeah it doesn't offend me i think he shouldn't i don't know i think he should have been smart enough to not say it i'm never going to fault someone for having an opinion right. but i wouldn't i would never i don't have that opinion and but i wouldn't also say that opinion i'm smart enough if i would know which which of my opinions would get a backlash you know and it's not so much that he said that that annoys me it's like how now everyone in the comedy world has to pick a side are you for women are you against women what's the deal and then all of a sudden all these little bitches that never touched a vagina in their life are just just on twitter and facebook going so far over the edge of loving uh love women women are the best check it out here's a list i'm gonna tag all these names of hilarious women gonna book an all-woman lineup now everyone look at me look at me I, is there a way i could get laid off this adam carolla yeah, I know. you know well that's that's a that's a problem here do I think women are funny? Yes, there Absolutely. are plenty of funny women, but the majority of funny comics are guys because the majority of comics are guys. All right, that I mean that's how I see it, and I think that's probably what he's alluding to. And the, even he conceded that yeah, these women are funny, and he hires women. So obviously he wouldn't hire women for his own fucking goddamn comedy show <laughs> if he didn't think they were funny. No one is a maniac enough. Some female comedian was tweeting me. I was like, why would he, why, or he was, she was texting me, why, she goes, well, you're, you're really taking Adam Carolla's side? I was like, yeah. I was like, if he really hated women that much, why would he hire women? She's like, oh, well, I think he probably thinks it's good for business. I was like, well, then why would he say in a press article, women aren't funny? I think he's just dumb. <laughs> you can't use that. That's not logical. Yeah, he's just dumb. That's not logical. He's just dumb. There are, yes, there are plenty of funny women, but it, it doesn't, and yes, it is annoying guys. First off, what's this new? Alison Rosen is really funny, like on his show. She's not just some dumb broad that he hired to fill a a role. Right. She's a really funny chick. There are plenty of really funny chicks, but the majority of funny people are guys. Because the majority (laughs) of people who are interested in comedy, this woman, uh, this girl on Facebook, I go, at least admit to me that guys are naturally, or whatever society is set up, are more inclined to want to do comedy. Because that's how we impress women. That It was instilled in us early on. Women say they're attracted to humor, so guys go out of their way to develop a sense of humor. And it's so many guys who don't have another way to attract women a lot of times. Develop you know? yeah. a sense of humor. Women don't have that same sort of pressure. And that's why it makes it interesting when women do go out of their way to develop a sense of humor. And I'll I'll never go full on. I don't like being told I can't say something or have a point of view. So even though I don't agree with with what he said, and and I don't think he even fully agrees with what he said, but even though I don't agree with it, I'm never going to go against him because I'm a a white male. I'm told every day stuff that I'm not allowed to fucking talk about. And like now I have to be worried when if I bring a a female comedian up to the stage, you know, especially if I don't know her, I'm not allowed to say she's funny and beautiful. For for sure, I have to. I can't. I can't mention how she looks now. You know, see if she doesn't even. 
even if she doesn't have any fucking credits for me to go on. I have to watch what I say everywhere I go about right. uh, about any race, about women, about oh, homosexuals will take you right out of the comedy <laughs> game. You know what I'm saying? We have they will take you right out of the game. I can't, you know, I can't even make a, a joke. I my my cousin is a is a lesbian. She's got a partner. They're married. They adopted two kids. And when we sit around and have dinner, it's all dyke jokes. And I'm allowed, I I can only get out those jokes when I'm with two lesbians. If I'm on stage in a room full of straight people, I can't say the same jokes that I say in front of two fucking lesbians. <laughs> now you got me going. <laughs> but and here's the thing. Oh, but Rob, what do you what? What are you complaining about? You're a white male. The world's been handed to you. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. Come to my fucking neighborhood I grew up in and tell me that. <laughs> and the, the whole idea, he points it out. He's like, nice doesn't play well as me. Being a dick is kind of funny. Saying this, the same stuff that's kind of taboo or only partially correct. Yeah, you exaggerate things for right. a sense of humor. Yeah. If he... If he asked him in the interview, what do you think of women in comedy? Well, I think there's some really talented people out there who are, who have a really interesting point of view and I'm doing whatever I can to support women in comedy. That's not funny. He tried to crack a joke. He shitted on the people in the view. He, com- he also threw in, uh, black people by making the basketball analogy. The thing is people are just so terrified to make any sort of comment on gender or race. And yeah, if I was a female comedian, oh, no, no, no. I would, I would not make fun people, of him. Ju- I feel like just white males. Right. Can't, that we are that we have the strictest regulations on this. You know well, what I'm saying? Because like it, it, I'm telling you, if it's another, if it was a woman talking about men, she could say it all day long. She's outnumbered, so it's just like you know the minority can say whatever the fuck they want. Right. And, and it's one of those things. There's no sympathy for the white male because they think, oh hey, you're a, you're a white you're a white male, Sean. Life has just been a breeze for you. Oh, well, and because there are super successful white males. The problem is all these assholes like who run the stock market. I was gonna say the president, but he's not even a white male anymore. <laughs> You're so used to it. I, I was gonna like all the guys in politics. The president, of course. I, I blacked out the past. He technically is a white That guy's that guy's just chill, man. But and you get no sympathy. And maybe maybe. Maybe we're paying for all the other crimes of, uh, you know, I didn't steal any, the Indian's land, all right? You know, I don't know why I'm getting punished for that. And, but you just seem like, oh, white guys complaining about their problems while you're living in your mansions. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what you get when you hear people like, oh yeah, I bet you had it real hard. Oh, oh, let me get out my violin so I can play you a song because you're a disenfranchised white guy. No, and, like you said, he was he was trying to be compelling, interesting, kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, maybe the joke fell flat. Or maybe there wasn't too that Here's the thing. In the audio version of it, you can hear people laughing. You can sense a tone of voice. I think a big problem is when you read something in print, it feels more real. It feels more concrete. It's like, "Oh, this is this is fact." But when you hear someone, you could hear his tone of voice when he said, "Chicks aren't funny." This, that was a classic setup. The woman goes, so what do you think this tells you? Punchline. Don't hire chicks. Right. That was a classic setup punchline. He's and then probably he, smirking when he said it. And then you read it, you're just his like, whole, oh, his whole, looking her in the eyes. When someone face. asks you the question, it's a leading question. And it, she asked the, uh, the second time, do you think women are funny? Right? Am I right? Is that the question that he was asked when he's, yeah, well, he's like, he's like, um, don't hire women. Do you think that's true? Blah, blah. And yeah, just kind of kept leading him into that. Right. So uh, that's my point is if he, he can either say, yeah, I think women are funny. That's it. On to the next question. The reporter's pissed off because they obviously want the answer he gave. He gave the answer they wanted. The yes, one, the exactly. controversial one. 
So, That's what they're looking for. They're looking they're looking to create controversy. They're looking to stir the pot. I mean, in Adam Carolla's defense, his whole comedy act is about complaining. The guy complains about his nanny. He complain he even goes off on like first world problems. He complains about traveling first class. There's something funny about, oh my God. The, he has a whole bit going, what can't Adam complain about? That's his bit. What can't Adam complain about? And people yell out, oh, hey, you're Lamborghini. And he'll, the joke is, <laughs> he finds a way to complain about that. The guy's made millions of dollars complaining. You don't think he's, whatever you would have said there, he would have found a way to complain about it. That's his shtick. Are you gonna, are you gonna complain to Don Rickles? Oh my god, Don Rickles is a horrible racist and he referred to my wife's head that it looked like a hockey puck? No, that's Don Rickles' act. That's what he does. He makes fun of people. Yeah, it's as simple as, you know, if Wax, if I was a girl and Wax said eat a dick, you know, (laughs) would she have the right to freak out and sue the, the podcast? Well, I don't think anyone's suing, but it's just <laughs> for the, the millions in Sean's mansion here. Exactly, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna take my dog away. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, really, that's that is the great thing about having a podcast or whatever. You can you can get away. I can get away with saying whatever I want, and there's gonna be literally no consequences. And there's not gonna be any real consequences for Adam Carolla either. It's just he did get uh, extra press out of it. Well, it, ultimately, it, it was just like when. W- when Tracy Morgan said something or when Gilbert Gottfried said something, why do we keep have to go, keep having to go through this? Did Gilbert Gottfried, or did he actually want the people in Japan to die a horrible death? No, he's, he's just some idiot who yeah. does the Aflac voice and reads some newspaper <laughs> clipping and decides to crack wise about it. These aren't no. world leaders here. The whole point about comedy is you make fun of stuff. You take serious things and find the light in it. Yes, the fact that women have had a tougher time getting jobs, that's maybe a serious subject in some people's minds. I don't know. But (laughs) see what I did there, Logan? I was kind of kidding around. I don't know why I'm yelling at Logan. He was was on my side. (laughs) Yeah. That was funny. Yeah. It's a dick. Eat a dick. Eat a dick, Logan. That's That's a good comeback. But of course, it's horrifically, horrifically, horrifically uh, out of context, and just oh, oh my god! I just the outrage is what annoys me. And like you said, guys calling other guys misogynists. Where did where did we come up with that? Like just referring to other. Oh my god, he's a horrific misogynist. And do they think? I think guys now think that going out of your way to be some uber feminist is going to turn chicks on and i don't think women realize that these guys defending them are just trying to break the ice to get laid am i wrong i feel that that's where it's going yeah i i think i think that's a part like oh i agree guys are guys are the worst oh i can't believe he said that i'm so outraged when someone says you're not funny rob what do you do you go out of your way to prove them wrong so he said Women weren't funny. And there were a lot of women had, that had funny remarks that tweeted back at him. He retweeted them. He, he showed like, yeah, this is funny. This is funny. What, what happened to mixing it up? What happened to roast? What happened to the balls in comedy? Why do we have to, this was our one bastion of political, of non-politically correct free speech is comedy. We have this whole internet where no, there's no regulating body. There's no FCC. Everyone has a voice. And yet we're self-censoring to the point that we're taking the balls away from comedy. 
Amen. That was kind of good. That was great. <laughs> now, he was talking about Jerry Sandusky, who was obviously a much worse person. Uh, there should be more outrage. <laughs> yeah, he's done, though. He's done. His his son now. His son is a key witness. Their whole defense was that these people are coming forward. They're jumping on the train trying to get money out of Sandusky. But now his own son, his adopted son, was abused by him and part of the prosecution. Now, so by he, the way, did he... It says that he was prepared to go forward, but did he not go forward? And what was I just the read? That? Yeah, I, just read came, tonight. He yeah. came forward. This was like kind of eleventh hour stuff. He came forward very late in the process. I don't think they included his testimony in the trial, but it is a good thing because if for some crazy reason it's a hung jury, or for some reason he's found innocent, I, you can bring new charges against him with this guy's allegations. So yeah. Hopefully, if he doesn't get convicted off these allegations, either the stepson will get him on those allegations or maybe more people if, will have if, to come out. If he out. doesn't get convicted, I will seriously think about moving out of America. Um, go somewhere else. Yes. Yes. That. If there ever should have been riots in Penn State, if Jerry Sandusky is acquitted, that's when you riot. Not yeah. when they fired Joe Paterno. Yeah. For, uh, Joe Paterno, yes, he deserved to get fired. You you riot if Jerry Sandusky walks away because you want to talk about a black mark on your school or in that area. That's a black mark. The fact that this guy was – the fact that the, he was able to get away with this for as long as he was. The athletic director and the, the president of the university had, a, had an email thread going deciding whether or not it was humane to turn in Jerry Sandusky because of his old age. So that is – that's an insane loss of wow. institutional control. And obviously all those people, they need to be thrown in jail for at least perjury or whatever you can get these guys on. Now this and is- he's cr- just living it up right next to a schoolyard. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's living it up. He's probably just- Well, I mean for nine years or whatever since 2001. When 2002 is when they had the happened. audio recording of, it, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully it all comes to- I mean to 10 years. I, I can't It's tell. been a long time and he's been getting away with it for way too long. Now, one of the key pieces of evidence that just came out, for some reason, this was a clip that was not aired on the NBC interview. I have no idea why they didn't interview it. I think eventually NBC will explain it, but my God, this is – if I had any doubt that Jerry Sandusky was guilty, this clip cleared it up 100% in my mind. Also, I was on TMZ, quick sidebar, and they had a poll, do you think Jerry Sandusky is guilty next to it? Guess how many people thought he was innocent, Logan? 40%. No. 3%. That's still insane. <laughs> That's still insane. That shows there's crazy people out there. Oh, man. Well, there's but, also like 3%. Some of that is people who hit the wrong button by accident. The cat jumped on the true. keyboard or something like that. Like, or, yeah. to be honest, I would probably, if I was living in a dorm room and I saw my friend's page was on that, I would probably hit I would probably hit no a few times yeah. and then wait till the girlfriend's over and then bring her by the keyboard. Did you see what he did? <laughs> what kind of sick fuck thinks Jerry Sandusky's innocent? You're you're weird, man. You're weird. So if there's any doubt that Jerry Sandusky for the three percent of TMZ people out there, um, I'd like to I'd like you to listen in to this clip with the uh, this is the infamous interview he gave to Bob Costas on uh, NBC. So it's entirely possible that you could have helped young boy A in some way that was not objectionable while horribly taking advantage of young boy B, C, D, and E. Isn't that possible? Well, uh, you might think that. I don't know. <laughs> in ter- Chuckles. In terms of uh, um, my relationship with so many, many young people, 
I would I would guess that there are many young people who would come forward, many more young people who would come forward and say that my methods and and what I had done for them made a very positive impact on their life. And I didn't go around seeking out every young person for sexual needs that I've helped. There are many that I didn't have, I hardly had any contact with who I have helped in many, many ways. I mean, he basically he wants to admit it. It sounds he like. basically just said there. He's like, I didn't have sex with all the kids that I helped, and he also said that some of the kids that, well, I kind of, I didn't go after every kid. Yeah, that means that, good for you. If I said that, that means <laughs> there are some kids that I did go after. I mean, yeah, how, it's it implies is, it's an implication. Yeah, that is that's the only piece of evidence I can listen to that one minute piece of tape and go, oh my god, this guy is insanely guilty. How do you, if this guy, if Jerry Sandusky is now, and this is gonna this podcast is gonna be posted on Friday. Hopefully, I saw this is Thursday night. I saw that the the jury went to bed. I don't know what you're deliberating about, but if for some reason it comes back that it's a hung jury or that he's innocent. When is it supposed to come out? Well, it's one of those things. I don't think there's, I don't know, I don't know how the justice system works. I don't think there is a time period on how long it can take for you to deliberate. I don't know either, but I know like, um, like they, they, I guess I'm asking, did they like do closing statements and all that parts of that? Yeah, the the trial's closed. The jury, I think they, they went into deliberations maybe around, I don't know, sometime this afternoon, and then they, I guess they went to recess for the evening yeah. or whatever, so. They got another, they still, got another pizza. They're still deliberating. <laughs> that's what's weird to me about his son coming no, that, out. Like... You, said, you said get another pizza? I'll, I'll get to your point there, Logan, in a second, but that, it, how do you discuss the Jerry Sandusky case? It, wouldn't that just be a 10-minute conversation? Like, all right, he's guilty. I want to eat. Let's get out of well, here. Here's like, the thing. There's like a guy like it diving take, it, into a sausage pizza. It took him oh, an you, hour to figure out what pizza they wanted to order before they even got to it. Yeah. No, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> no I don't do pepperoni. We had a hung jury on pepperoni. Right. <laughs> it's I'm a, not voting guilty unless we get pepperoni. We, I know I know this sounds crazy, but can we get five slices with ham and pineapple, three slices with olives, four slices? <laughs> no, that's yeah. not how it and works. And then one slice plain, and then you know the guy there, the one guy who's voting innocent. Hey, are you guys getting the $25 a day? I didn't know about this. Let's, let's They're probably it. all just talking about... <laughs> I'm still getting paid at work. We can just make... The- <laughs> how, many, how many jury days do you got? Oh, my God, that's awesome. So how do you think Penn State football team is going to be this year? Yeah, obviously, this is going to affect it. Yeah. <laughs> there were 12 people, like seven of them, had connections to Penn State in some way. How, how does this not get tried in another court outside? Now, maybe this will come out. Maybe this will be a huge mistake by the prosecution not trying to – because Penn State or State College, the actual town, is such a small town in Pennsylvania. Everyone that lives there has some connection, either works for a business that's supported by Penn State. Their son or daughter went there. They went there. They have nephews or relatives that went there. I don't know how you can – that would be like if someone asked me to deliberate on Michael Vick's dogfighting case. I would be biased. How could you find – how could you take people that had connections to Penn State? The biggest thing Penn State is known for is football. How are these people supposed to be non-biased? Yeah. That sounds insane to me. 
Well, it's his peers, I guess. I don't know. It's well, his peers would be other pedophiles, and they would totally, <laughs> yeah. they would totally be like, yeah, the guy, you know, he was a, uh, he did what he had to do. And he was talking. He's like, I think there were plenty of kids who would come forward. <laughs> I think you'll see the percentages of the kids that he helped. It's about ninety-five percent that he helped, and then about five percent that he raped. So that's, uh, I think, he's skewing on the good side of things there. He also didn't. He also seems to say like there are many people I didn't talk to who think that I helped them. That's basically the second part of what he said. It's like, right? So the people who are involved in your organization that you didn't contact. Those were the only people that got helped from it. I mean, here's the thing: I would I would vote innocent on Jerry Sandusky if one of these kids came forward and was like, "Yeah, he molested me, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Got into Penn State. I'm I'm an electrical engineer. My life's been awesome. <laughs> if I had to go back and do it again, no problem. Oh yeah, I mean, I got to hang out with Lavar Arrington, Penn State linebacker. You, those are the greatest days of my life. My only regret. Not getting to hang out more at the Second Mile Foundation. Oh my God, Jerry Sandusky, personal hero. If you could, if you could line up some of those people, uh, then I would start. Then I would start thinking about it. One of the quotes that the defense had, he's like, "I want to remind you people that while you may think it's inappropriate to hang out with shower and shower with young boys and lather them with soap, no crime had been committed." <laughs> Imagine imagine a case or a world where you're conceding that point of like, okay, yes, I showered and lathered boys in soap in a group shower setting by ourselves. They said lathered? Like yeah, they he said lathered. That? That's, that's, oh, God. This whole thing is just. I didn't even know that. I knew they admitted the showering. Logan got really freaked out by the lathering aspect yeah. of it. Well, I knew the whole time he was saying showering and. I guess uh, that's conceivable as a coach. Although in high school, my coach didn't get in the shower with us. <laughs> no. Would have been. What makes a person even do that? You think that's like uh, something happened to them when they were a kid, or or they, or is that like a sexual attraction? Well, I, I mean, I think, I mean, not to make excuses for the guys, but generally, pedophilia and stuff and and sexual abuse in general is a learned behavior. It, it's hard for you to grow up in normal life and have and do that to someone as far as i know or everything i know about psychology i mean there are people who are just pure evil but i I imagine that somehow you're wiring i mean some people are just genetically innately evil i mean like adolf hitler is obviously the example i mean i'm sure he didn't have a great childhood but that isn't necessarily in any kind of situation it's either nature or nurture so i'm sure there's maybe some sort of corrupted piece of dna that some of these guys have and then I bet a lot of it is they are themselves victims of abuse, and that's why we have to catch these people, put them to death. I, I mean, honestly, I, I maybe it sounds crazy, but I, the death penalty for pedophilia makes sense because either it's the genes or themselves if it's a learned behavior, but you're getting them out of the system. And a lot of these people, what Jerry Sandusky himself said, I wish I was dead, I wish I was dead when they originally caught him. He, does, he probably doesn't want to live if you come down to it. The guy is probably... I mean, obviously, he's a sick, tortured person. He probably – no sane human being wants to be attracted to young boys. Right. But what do you do? You're going to lock him up? I mean, really, does that – is that going to end it? I mean, I guess maybe it will help, help the victims a little bit. They feel like justice has been served. Well, he and has he's plenty gonna... of people in jail to lather up and shower with. <laughs> I, think, I think they're going to go solitary confinement with him because he's high profile. I oh, think yeah. He's, he's yeah. going to be in trouble. 
All right. On the on the lighter issues, the drug war in the country. <laughs> now this is uh this is a uh, a Democrat from uh, Colorado. He's like grilling this DEA um person. And this DEA woman just will not she will not basically it's over the whole argument of why is marijuana still a class 1 drug. And his argument, I mean this is a really long thing, but uh his argument is that hey, Obviously, marijuana is not nearly as addictive or as bad for you. And we've actually, since we installed medical marijuana in Colorado, we've actually come up with a program where instead of people getting hooked on painkillers, we're letting them use marijuana for painkilling. And it's been much more effective. But this woman is just not giving him anything, not conceding any points, and just kind of shows you how stubborn people can be. Uh, is... Uh crack worse for uh, a person than marijuana? I, I believe all, Ill all illegal drugs are bad. Is methamphetamine worse for somebody's health than marijuana? I don't think any illegal drug is, is good. Is uh, heroin uh, worse uh, for someone's health than marijuana? Again, I mean, either yes, no, or I don't know. I mean, if you don't know, uh, you can look this up. You should know this is the chief administrator for the Drug Enforcement Agency. I'm asking you a very straightforward question. Is heroin worse for someone's health than marijuana? All illegal drugs are, are bad. Does this mean you don't know? Heroin causes an addiction. Okay. It causes... Uh, so this is just basically this woman. It's like a five-minute clip, and she just refuses to concede anything. I think that's just the person who's scared for the, they don't want to lose their job. They have a prepared statement they have to stick to. It will never get her real opinion. She could agree that marijuana. Well, that, now it, maybe this is how yeah. Adam Carolla should handle the interviews. Ro uh, yeah, Rob, right. you be a New York Post reporter, and you ask me, uh, Adam, do you uh, do you think marijuana is worse than heroin? Women aren't funny. No, no, no. <laughs> ask, ask me, ask me about the women aren't funny, and I'll 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 use the DEA right. woman's strategy. Um, do you so? Do you think women are funny? There's no evidence that either men or women are inherently funnier than one or the other. <laughs> so let's talk about your book. <laughs> <laughs> See, well, the the act out should have been. Now I'm not I'm not playing improv coach. I don't mean to go down that road. But then you keep grilling me, and then I keep sounding more right, and more. But then whatever. Yeah. It's the Good. time's passed. You get the point. No, wait, Rob, real quick. <laughs> I was in an elevator, and it's one of these elevators, like now, it was a nice elevator, and they had these uh, screens up there, and they'll run like sports scores, they'll run like little ads, stock tickers, and then they'll show pictures, and it'll be, under each picture, it'll be like, send us a caption, a view from your workplace, and one of them was Rob Christensen, did you send in a uh, picture of your workplace? No, are you kidding me? No, I, I swear to God, I was in an elevator, and it was this view from, it was like a nice view of Santa Monica or somewhere, and it had like a nice sunset in the background, it was like, show us your workplace, and it was like, this was sent <laughs> no. in from Rob Christensen. No, I never did. I was did. like, what a, there's, what a There's nerd. another Rob Christensen out there. <laughs> I was like, what a I nerd. wish it was me, I'd use it as a credit. Now coming to the stage, you might have seen him in an elevator. <laughs> His photography, he's been up in elevators. Rob Christensen. Well, now speaking of credits, I was uh, played a uh, crossing guard and a pilot that you're working on. You want to you want to talk about that? What low lifes? Yeah, yeah. Me and uh, one of my best friends, Colby Dent, we wrote this script, and uh, some people thought it was funny, 
and gave us thirty five thousand bucks. Now, how does how does a guy how does a low life? I'm I'm guessing partially it's based on a true story. <laughs> yeah. How does a couple low lifes like you and Colby Dant? How do you guys come across thirty five grand? What's the? How do you finance something like that? We we wrote it like a year, maybe maybe a year and a half ago, and uh, we gave it to this this director, and he liked it. Uh, he liked a, a couple things that we wrote, and so he became a friend over time. And then uh, the director sobered up, got off alcohol, <laughs> and decided that he was going to get something done. And he knew a guy. He knew a guy with twelve thousand bucks. Yeah. And he sent him the script, and the dude loved it, <laughs> and he gave us the 12000 bucks. No, wait. And he, wrote, hold on. he wrote in the email when he, he's like, tell tell Robin Colby I love their script, and I'm going to give him the money and to get ready because their dreams are about to come true. <laughs> oh, God. And so it's $12,000. we are like, our dreams are going to come true. 12000 bucks. You mean I'm going to work for nine days on this thing for free? You mean I'm going to fucking skip work? Well, no, I mean, not that I'm being ungrateful, but it was hilarious that he's like, thought my dreams are going to come true for 12000 bucks. <laughs> I don't, he, he, he's, uh, yeah, he works in a grocery store <laughs> in Colorado. He's got great taste in comedy. Right. And he, he started the funding, but, we uh, we we ran out. We like you know we started shooting, ran out of the twelve G's, and then you know you run out of money and you just have to find more money. And by the time it's all said and done, it's at like thirty five thousand right now. And by the time Ooh. we do the screening and we do the visual effects, like by the time this thing is out the door and people are actually seeing it, I think it'll be like forty thousand bucks. Wow. wow. Yeah. And it, it, what's the the premise is? It's it's uh it's about. Two grown-ups who want to be nothing when they grow up. And it's basically about two guys who are trying to work the system. You know, one of them lives in his mom's basement, and the other one, he's, uh, his, his grandfather invented the lava lamp. So he's got, when he turns 35, he's got this big lava lamp inheritance coming. <laughs> so he's like trying to, he's, he's 30, he's trying to go the next five years, like, doesn't want to learn anything or get a job or anything. So he's like, he's waiting, banking on the lava lamp inheritance. And the other guy, you know, he's kind of just doesn't. He just likes. They like to drink and they like to hang out and they don't want. They're low lifes. Yeah. And, and they're not losers, but they're low lifes. If that makes sense. I get you. Now wait, what was your nickname for the guy uh, who's financing the thing? Oh, this is horrible. Is it- <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, because he comedy. He's, he's not a chick. He was our uh, our that pro was a joke. <laughs> He, see, guys do that. Yeah. Since he worked in the grocery store, we called, <laughs> we called him the producer. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really solid joke. Oh, God. This is the worst. Ah, he yeah. won't hear it. Don't worry about yeah, it. He, he won't hear, hear. it. No, 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 no one listens <laughs> to this podcast, Rob. That's the beauty of it. The, yeah. This will cause no outrage. But yeah, it's, a, it's like a lot of work. Totally independent pilot, which is like, High, it's a high risk because you could do an independent movie and you could get distribution and then you get a DVD and like that's the end game for that. But there's no end game for a TV pilot that's independent. So right. we're just you know we're gonna do a screening. We're gonna invite every powerful it's person. It's a kick-ass resume. Yeah, sure. I'll take you know I, I'm not I'm totally grateful for it. It's the, I learned so much. It's a great experience. But at some point you gotta be like I don't want another piece on my resume. I want to be rich and fucking famous and have sex with models. Right. So now, do you think is that really the end goal for you to be rich and famous and have sex <laughs> I, with models? I say that half half joking. I just uh, I want to make all the money that I make off of comedy that I write, whether it's written for screen or it's written for stand up. But that's my end game, is that every dime that I make, and it's a good living, hopefully, is off of comedy. And I don't, I'm nowhere near it. 
<laughs> well, that's that's. No, I think you're close. It could, if it you're could change 40, overnight. Yeah. You're, we're raising forty grand to produce something. That's yeah. it's legit. the sort of thing that's like I don't know. I guess I talk to the right people and I'm doing the right stuff and I'm in a position where it can change any day. But I don't bank on it. I just, I'm I'm cool, chilled out, Rob Christensen. <laughs> and just uh, people you know. are gonna be like, wait, wasn't he the same guy who's like <laughs> freaking out you know, on the podcast I twenty minutes no, ago? Uh, no more headaches for me. I'm gonna calm down. Now, what's your what's your happy. game plan for ending anger? The, uh, my game plan, uh, I don't know. It's just like a, like, cause so much of the anger would feed my comedy that I would let it brew. You know what I'm saying? So I know that I'm going to get something funny out of this. So you let the anger kind of brew and you, you go deep into it and you get the jokes. But then if you can't shut it off after you get the jokes, you become actually angry about things. And then it just fucking, you know, something will happen and you'll explode. And, and like it got to the point where I'd get so angry that I'd have no control over the explosion. And then that's when it's like, that's it's like it's like if you have no control over drinking alcohol or doing drugs, it's like the same addiction. I'm addicted to anger and I have explosions. You know? <laughs> so it's a, it's I'm a, just thinking of that Seinfeld ish, that Seinfeld where he goes into the uh, Rage Anonymous meeting. <laughs> oh man, yeah, they could probably do it that one of those. But yeah, the point is to like uh, to not let it build so much. So I just let I just literally let stuff go. I had this whole I I, I, I used to, or I still am like I would I don't want people to get over on me. You know what I'm saying? So like, <laughs> yes. Like I don't want to be the butt of a mean joke because you were comedy com- comedians all the time. They make they're gonna bust your balls and make jokes. You know what I'm saying? I know the difference, but I, I don't want to be the butt of like a mean joke or someone trying to get over on me or or trying to like scheme me in some way. Yeah. I got hyper. It's like Joe Pesci and yeah. Spider. Yeah. Well, so I would, get, I would get hypersensitive to that, and then the first reaction, which is never the right reaction, it'd be like, "Oh, you're fucking with me? I'll fuck you up. I'll throw you through a fucking window." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's like an illogical jump because, so I like, don't know the, why. I yeah. think anger's so funny, though. Yeah, I think it's hilarious because it's too. irrational, right? But then, but then it's like when you get to the point where you feel like you have to apologize for things, you know, you're fucking up. You know, because like I'll go to bed on something, wake up the next day, and be like, "I was totally out of line." Yeah, because you know? like, or it's not even. You were maybe in the right, but your reaction was way overboard. Like maybe you had a point. Maybe right. that guy shouldn't have said that or he shouldn't have cut you out on that or yeah. he shouldn't have said that or he shouldn't have done that, whatever it is. And once you threaten to throw someone through a window, you lose. Yeah, basically right. you lose your you argument. Lose. You, you have lose a right to be angry, but yeah. you don't have a right to threaten so thrown through a window. Yeah, right. So I'm just, I'm just uh, not – And throwing through a plate glass window is kind of a hollow threat. In the same – I don't know uh, – real quick, talking about anger. I don't know if I told this story in the podcast – Logan, um, call me out if I did. I, I think I told on stage, but I've been uh, riding my bike around town and I put my bike on the bus because if I'm going to like the west side from where I am, it's a long ass commute. So I ride my bike to the bus stop, get on the bus. There's like a little rack in front of the bus that you put your bike on. So I was, uh, I was going, uh, rode my bike to the bus stop, bus stop, get out, put my bike in front of the, front of the bus on the bike rack there's a huge group of people they're all going in i'm being the nice guy letting people file in and they all get in i'm the last one as jesus said you know last shall be first i'm a, <laughs> I'm a nice guy and literally as the the last person in front of me gets on the guy closes the door so i'm like bang on the door the guy looks at me and then just like looks at me and then i'm like bang on the door again looks at me again, and then just starts driving off. I start running down. I'm, like, banging, run through, like, a couple intersections. I'm, like, banging and banging and banging. 
And then finally he opens the door. He's like, what's your problem? There's a bus right behind me. I'm like, uh, my problem is the bus behind you doesn't have my bike. And you need to take your head out of your fucking ass. And everyone on the bus is like laughing really hard. And so like, I'm, I'm, you know, yeah. you're, when you're killing like that. <laughs> You, you oh, gotta man, feed up the crowd, awesome. baby. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> and another thing, you need to pay attention better. Like, people are like, <laughs> lightly applauding. I'm like, who do you think you are? Well, and just like giving it, tearing him the riot act. And, uh, and then he gave me, he gave me like this, like, you know, like the rock's eyebrow. He kind of like looks at me. I'm like, hey, man, I'm not afraid to take this outside. <laughs> just like <laughs> the most hollow threat you could have because, first off, if we, you can't really take it outside from the bus because obviously he's not getting off the bus. And if I get off the bus, he's going to just drive off with my bike again. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it probably wasn't healthy. Got the blood pressure up. All right, Logan. I think we, I think we got through, uh, everything we had to today. You want to, uh, wrap things up with the haiku? Let's do it. All right. No. <laughs> Sexist Adam Carolla. Wax Canina Day. <laughs> wow, very poetic, Logan. All right, Rob, appreciate you coming on the program. Uh, where can people check you out? Thanks for having me. I'm doing a whole bunch of shitty shows up until uh, <laughs> July 21st when I'll be at the Hollywood Improv. But you can come to any of the shitty shows. You can see them. They're all listed on the calendar section of brooklynrob.com. Nice. All right. And, um, yeah, I got a, a couple gigs coming up. I'm going to be at the Mint here in Los Angeles doing the Setlist show. I'm hosting that. And a big show coming up in Philly July 20th. At the Underground Arts Theater, you can go to shantygreen.com, hit the calendar section. That show will sell out, people, so make sure you get the pre-sale tickets. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to The Green Room. We do it live here every week, shantygreen.com. Thank you for listening to The Green Room. Log on to SeanTGreen.com to access archive episodes and follow the show on Twitter at Green Room Show. Also check out DocumentaryLabel.com. Buddy seen her walk by in them tight jeans and he looked at her like that.